you know, there's some things that seem that they don't change, and I hate to go over them over and over and over again, but yet I must because uh, the media won't let me not. Um, so uh, there's been a whole bunch of Trump hatred and stuff going on, uh, which you would figure is like pretty much the, uh, uh, I guess that's what the um, Democrats do nowadays. They have no issues that they can actually stand on or anything that's really popular. They have to go ahead and run their government by going ahead and being coercive at this point in time. Uh, Non-elected ju- uh, judges and uh, people in bureaucracies that were appointed, all of these people, the ones now that are the uh, the arm of, of their of their. Uh, campaign against the United States. I don't know if I can put it any other way, but that's what I, <laughs> that's how I think it is. And there's someone who's been very, very outspoken, uh, um, Lindsey Graham. And I just wanted to play a couple of clips to just to show you how things can change in life, you know? What is your reaction to hearing what Donald Trump says? I disgusted. Well, I'm going to talk to the Trump supporters for a minute. I don't know who you are, and I don't know why you like this guy. I think what you like about him, he appears to be strong when the rest of us are weak. He's a very successful businessman. He's going to make everything great. He's going to take all the problems of the world and put them in a box and make your life better. That's what he's selling. Here's what you're buying. He's a race-baiting, xenophobic, religious bigot. He doesn't represent my party. He doesn't represent the values that the men and women who wear the uniform are fighting for. I've been in the Air Force for 33 years. I retired this June. And here's Lindsey Graham. I am like the happiest dude in America right now. (laughs) We've got a president and a national security team that I've been dreaming of for eight years. So in 80 days, he's done more to correct the world, President Trump, than Obama did in eight years. We sent a letter to our good buddy, the Ayatollah. Hey, knock it off. You've got this Iranian nuclear deal. You may be complying with it, but you're also destroying the Mideast. You're the largest state sponsor of terrorism. You captured our sailors against international law, humiliated them. You're firing missiles in violation of U.N. resolutions, uh, where even the Russians voted for. So we're putting you on notice. If you continue this behavior, we're going to reimpose sanctions for your state sponsorship of terrorism and all the upheaval you're responsible for outside the nuclear agreement. To me, that has been music to my ears. Iran is running through the Mideast. They're toppling every government they can get their hands on. North Korea, if I were Kim Jong-un, whatever his name is, <laughs> I would listen to Mike Pence. The fact that the vice president of the United States went to the DMZ, looked across the way and said, we're watching you. Donald Trump is not going to let this nut job in North Korea get a missile to hit America. And if I were North Korea and China, I'd start thinking anew about uh, the president of the United sure. States. Yeah. And that's Lindsey Graham, one of the politicians I really can't stand. Uh, Republican, he is a, an absolute rhino, um, but he's a warmonger. So you see, now that Trump, uh, he feels maybe he's going to uh, go ahead and, and start some war, he can go ahead and collect money from his folks that uh, give him a, a lot of donations, and that's the weaponry department. Uh, him and, uh, and uh, the other guy, John, uh, ooh, McCain, yeah, uh, both of them. Both of them are really award-winning, award-winning Republicans. Uh, McCain was uh, was influential and responsible for the fake dossier on on Trump, and Graham is just like if the if the uh, Democrats want to find a Republican to go ahead and say something nasty about their own party, they go and call him up. And he's such a hound uh, in terms of publicity that he just goes on the air, and uh, that's what goes on with him. Um, uh, some interesting stuff here about Facebook. Uh, Facebook is actually having a day where you can take off to protest Donald Trump. Pretty good, right? I mean, they go ahead and you can uh, take the day off and no one gets docked any money. Just take the day off from Facebook and go ahead and you can uh, and protest Donald Trump on May the 1st. Um, 
I imagine their their news service that they have through Facebook. Um, that can't be biased now, can it? Can't be biased. It has to be unbiased, I would say, particularly since they're giving their employees a day off to go ahead and, and uh, do something uh, uh, to protest against the president of the United States. Um, it's interesting, too, that Facebook made a new tool, I believe, that they, they actually are selling to the Chinese so that the Chinese can control what goes on on Facebook. So expect that coming to a theater near you at some point in time, uh, should we uh, eventually wind up with democratic rule, because the only uh, freedom of speech there will be the, the only people free to speak will be them, uh, not you. Feel free again to give me a phone call, 800-699-0980. Again, that's 800-699-0980. Um, so basically, uh, Facebook is, is doing this. Now, uh, um, let's see. At Facebook, we're committed to fostering an inclusive workplace where employees feel comfortable expressing their opinions and speaking up. Really? Of course, unless it's a conservative idea or a conservative thought. Then you're just a xenophobic, homophobic, um, you know, Muslim phobic, ophobic, phobic, phobic, deplorable. Welcome all the deplorables to the Michael Blum Show. It's a pleasure to see you all. I like you, and I see 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 you. And I see you. You're all good. It'd be good if it was like two-way. Maybe not, but I don't know. Anyway, give me a call, 800-699-0980. And uh, let's see, Facebook is... is uh, they told their staff about this policy on April the 14th, specifically clarifying that no prior notification of leave is even necessary. Just take the day off and go ahead and protest. And that's what we can go ahead and expect out of, out of Facebook here. You know, um, so the Facebook and fake news is always fake. What's fake news? Fake news to me, my definition of fake news is anything that the lefts, leftists don't want to hear is fake news. They are like the proverbial ostriches that stick their heads in the sand, except I think they actually have their heads tucked up their own butts uh, because the only thing they seem to realize or smell is their own stink. But um, that's just me. That's just me. You may have a different opinion, which you can go ahead and express to me if you give me a call at 800-699-0980. So anyway, so there's a lot of stuff also in the news about, uh, oh, this is kind of related to it. <laughs> Before I get into the fake news itself is that... Um, What's the name of the college? Let's see. Do, 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 do. ASU. But I don't know what ASU is. Arizona State University. Okay, Arizona State University. Now, this is pretty cool, too. They're allowing their students to skip the final exams to protest Trump. Boy, school sure is different than when I went. Can you imagine this? And this is Angelis Maldonado, professor of global politics and human rights. So you have a professor of human rights. It's like a professor of philosophy. What do you do? You become an academician, and your degree basically is worthless once you leave the academic milieu. Um, kind of crazy. But he's a professor of global politics uh, of, of human rights. The global, the politics of human rights. What a degree to have. He's a full professor or a professor in that. And anyway, she gave her class uh, the option. You can either take a final exam, or you can go ahead and protest in its place against Donald Trump. Let me think. I'm a student at college. Hmm. Will I opt in to take the written exam? Or should I just skip out of school and protest? You know? Or protest. What should I do? Which one of those things should I do? You know? Uh, 
obviously you know what's going to go on here. Uh, the students are going to choose to protest everything Trump because that's what they've been call, uh, taught, and that's what they do. That's what they do at this point in time. These are really well-indoctrinated little snowflakes, and it's pretty clear that the kids simply don't want to take final exams. I mean, so this is this is great. So you have the school here is going to allow these kids to go out, and they can go ahead out and uh, and and protest rather than take the take a test. How do you grade someone on that? I mean, do they even have grades anymore? Maybe everyone just gets an A. Whether, even if you take the test or don't, maybe everyone just gets an A. But how would you grade that protest? I mean, are they loud enough? Um, I'm sorry you didn't get an A. You didn't burn down a building. Uh, um, you, got, you got an A-plus because you didn't bathe for four days and you really smell. What are the parameters? How do you go ahead out and go ahead and, and mark something like that? Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of tough to do, don't you think? I don't know how you would go ahead and, and ever be able to grade someone like that uh, objectively. It just Everyone just gets an A. The participation grade, that's right. <laughs> you know, if you're there... You participated, you're fine. That's it. That's it. Yeah, there was something else that someone else just mentioned. I, I'm not going to get into it too much, but the UN actually did elevate now Saudi Arabia so that they're on the Women's Rights Commission there. <laughs> oh, God. You know, humor and pathos are very closely related. And um, it's amazing to me what goes on in this quote-unquote civilized society that we have now. So anyway, the uh, opposition, again, they define fake news as, for me, the, the, the definition, again, is anything that they don't believe in, okay? And so what they do is they will make stuff up or just lie about things. And this is the left. You've got to realize with the true leftists, there is nothing that they won't do to improve and move their agenda forward. They believe the death of people is not that important. They will do whatever. Lying is okay. As long as the, uh, the ends justify the means, the means justify the ends, everyone is happy there on the left. It doesn't make a difference what you have to do to get things done the way you want it to. You do it. That's how you do it. And trust me, folks, if they're in power and you think like I do, your free speech is going to become hate speech and you're going to wind up in jail where Obama should be and where Susan Rice should be and where Hillary Clinton should be they're still running around free that bothers me too and I don't I can't for the life of me figure out unless they're waiting or they're finding information out about how the uh, the department of the DOJ isn't doing something about any of that now and I know Trump has his other things that he wants to get done he wants to get done his domestic agenda and all that but the fact that these people are walking around out there after basically selling out the United States, and that's how I look at it. I mean, if you're taking money from another country and go ahead and then giving them special privilege through the State Department, <laughs> please. God, please. But we've, uh, we're allowing this stuff to happen. Hopefully it'll change. Hopefully it'll change. So let's see. What are the, the recent stories uh, that have been made up? Oh, the, the Trump tossed the hat. You remember that one? He signed the hat, and they took a, one clip and made it look like he just ignored a child. Well, he actually gave it to the child. Okay. The entire British dossier where he hired uh, whores to go ahead and uh, in Russia was crazy. Hi, welcome to Michael Blum Show. Uh, what's your name and where are you calling from? The entire British dossier where he hired uh, whores to go ahead and... Uh, uh, Hello? Yeah, hi, I'm here. You're going to need to shut down your listening source because there's a delay and it's going to drive you nuts. Ah. And it's going to drive you nuts. 
So if you turn the volume down on that, we could talk. Done it. Done ah. it. Done it. Jim Bromley, how are you, good doctor? Hey, Jim. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing really well. Um, I'd like to make a comment tonight about the situation with Ann Coulter going to um, Berkeley to make a speech. Please. Um, I, I remember not too long ago, Milo Yapanopoulos had a big deal about it, and they literally burned the town down. My, my interest in that is the fact that the person that runs the university system in California is Janet Napolitano, who was our ex uh, homeland Security uh, head, and uh, she can't control her university. And Berkeley is the home of free speech, I thought. At least it was when I'm I'm old enough to remember that. So I mm-hmm. wonder what your thoughts on that were. Boy, oh boy. Um, you know, if you go ahead and you don't, if, if you just allow the, uh, the police to do their job, then I think you'd have less of an issue there. But the police, in addition to all of this, Jim, are being told to stand down, you know? So they, they have like, you know, you see people beating other people up and someone goes to the cops and the cop looks at them and goes, so what? Um, obviously, I, I think that you have to get some universities that realize that it's, it's not so important to just take people's money because I think that's the motivating factor with the university. Um, Absolutely. You know, I mean, they they don't want to. You know, each each kid is like forty five grand. Yeah. Well, I think parents are starting to think about the fact that they're spending so much money, and the children going into debt for what reason? For what sort of? What is their outcome going to be? The reason. Well, the reason for that is the reason I think Jim is that the universities now are not educating anymore; they're indoctrinating. And if you're a Democrat and you're a leftist, what better way to go ahead and create a voting block than to have people that are absolutely and totally in debt oh. and not, ab- not able to do anything? This is, that's like the perfect yeah. leftist scenario to me. Yeah. yeah. I think it's just sort of interesting that she runs that whole system and she cannot protect the speaker of, uh, that represents an opposite view of uh, obviously as the professors that run it. Yeah, I, I, I think that they probably could control it, Jim. They just don't want them. Yeah. Yeah. They just they have no. There's and no also, reason for them to do it. Well, you know, I don't think it's the students. I think from what I see, it's the people that are um, from the outside that are that are causing these problems. It's a, you know, it's very weird to watch. It's very sad, actually. It's very sad, and it's really, really uh, pathetic. Uh, last week, I did a whole thing on on the universities, and I mean, uh, that's it. Remember, I did... that's why. That's why I wanted to yeah. chime in tonight. Yeah, the, because they they just they just money grabbers. They're just money grabbers to me, and right now they're just uh, doing a disservice. They are more interested in collecting the tuition than they are in really educating people. And Janet Napolitano, to me, she could do something if she wanted. She just doesn't want to. Oh, I've got a friend that lives in Phoenix, and uh, when she was governor, she was very well liked, and she used to do a, actually a radio program every morning, I think, um, or was a frequent guest on a radio program, mm-hmm. and was well liked, respected, and then when she went to um, um, the Obama administration, she became a totally alien person, actually, is the way this person described her. <laughs> well, uh, they, I, th- yeah, I think... Totally. Uh, 
Alapano that I voted for twice and that I listen to on the radio like and respect. So anyway, thank you for taking my call, and I'm enjoying your program tonight. Thank you so much, Jim. Thank you. I appreciate the call. Uh, folks, if you'd like to get in, give me a call. Feel free to do so. The number again is 800-699-0980. And I was just going through a list of some of the uh, fake news. The entire British dossier, I think, is where I left off, where Obama supposedly paid people to go ahead and urinate, whores to urinate on a bed that Obama <laughs> that Obama used. And all of this is the British connection. And this also has to do with John McCain, because uh, how, how this all came about is that the United States can't directly solicit people in the United States, citizens of the United States without any type of a warrant, but they can against any uh, foreign uh, entities that are actually working in the United States. And in addition to that, Britain uh, has the ability to go ahead and use our, our surveillance methods as well. We share that with them. So uh, what I think has happened here basically is that su subversives in the Obama administration or Obama himself actually directed some British people to go ahead and create this fake dossier, which was given to, of all people, John McCain, who felt it was a duty. It was a duty as a citizen of the United States to go ahead and leak this uh, to the news uh, uh, so that he could actually discredit Trump because they hate each other. Another real good patriot. Uh, I wouldn't make any comment about his service, as Trump did, but he's a real piece of work. And Trump got him right, too. Okay, nothing going on in Sweden. The news went nuts. Trump, Trump's crazy. There's something wrong with him. What a moron. How could he say that? There's nothing. Well, there's plenty going on. It's now the rape capital of the world. And it burned the next day. But um, the media just doesn't really care. Okay, removing the bust, if you remember, of Martin Luther King. That was the first thing the president did. No, no, he was sitting there. He just, <laughs> you prefer to report that than to actually say the truth. Um, ICE detains women seeking protection from domestic abuse. So there's this woman that was detained. Uh, let's forget about the part that she had a criminal record of assault, violation, probation, uh, which she violated, domestic violence, false imprisonment, and uh, stolen mail. Other than that, she's a really fine woman who deserved all of the accolades that most women would get. And, um, and someone uh, hit her or something, and the, the, they, they say, oh, she was now detained because she was involved in domestic violence. Well, that's kind of a stretch, I think. Uh, let's see. Oh, 18 million people will lose health care if Obamacare is repealed. Actually, uh, um, the actual number is probably approximately 5 million. And the fact of the matter is, is that Obamacare, as a really, truly um, viable entity, is going to stop soon anyway, because it cannot exist how it is. And people aren't really using it, you know? I mean, uh, uh, how can you? I mean, between the premium and between the deductible, there's not a lot going on. So people are screaming, oh, we want this. You know, the Democrats somehow now are in love with it. And I remember Obama saying, if you can get a better plan, I think you ought to do it. And, of course, the plan was supposed to fail. But it was supposed to fail when Hillary Clinton was in office, and she could then go, you see, we tried. We need to go ahead and control everything now. And uh, that's how they were going to go ahead and, and get uh, single-payer systems and actually control about a, a sixth of the, of the economy of the United States. And then they would decide uh, what goes on with medical practices and what goes on with your health, and they would have their nose and snoot in everything that you do. Um, it's amazing. It's amazing what goes on. You know, the University of Arizona allowing these kids to, tr to, to do a protest rather than, uh, rather than take final exams. This is what education is nowadays. Can they, uh, can they go ahead and protest Clinton? 
probably could, but they get thrown out of school. And that's how a lot of things go in the universities nowadays. I mean, uh, it's crazy what goes on. Now here, have a listen to a little of this. On Monday, January 16th, Bucknell professor Marcellus Andrews wrote an open email to the Bucknell community addressing his concerns about discrimination on campus in light of the rise of Donald Trump to the White House. In his email, the professor specifically singled out the conservative libertarian students at Bucknell, calling us racist and fascist for arranging a guest lecture event that occurred almost a year ago. Alarmingly, Professor Andrews claimed that the students who felt targeted by last February's speaker needed to, quote, be able to impose a steep and lasting price on the racists and fascists that organized the event. In the same email, Andrews claimed that in his younger days when he was extremely skilled at combat, he would respond to fascists and racists by rearranging their faces and snapping their bones in order to change their minds. As conservative and libertarian students, we believe that Professor Andrews deserves the intellectual space and academic freedom to say and write what he pleases. But we believe instructing students to impose a steep and lasting price on students for organizing a guest lecture event isn't protected by the same academic freedom that we fight for. Although I don't believe this professor was instructing students to use violence as a tactic, a tactic against me or my conservative and libertarian peers, his email could have easily been interpreted in such a way. After I politely asked Professor Andrews, who I've never met, in an email to explain what he meant by, quote, impose a steep and lasting price, he claimed my doing so had confirmed for him his suspicion that there was a collaboration between, quote, student who hate, students who hate dark folks and the Bucknell faculty. But what was Professor Andrews so alarmed about? Was our event truly racist or fascist? That night, the speaker argued that, quote, there was stuff left to do in America on race. African Americans are still owed something. Then speaking much like an intersectional feminist, the speaker addressed the struggles faced particularly by African, African American females, who he suggested are on the receiving end of cross-sectional institutional discrimination. Just a few weeks ago, this same speaker condemned white nationalists, arguing that you, shouldn't, you should focus on what unites people and not what drives them apart. You shouldn't give a crap about skin color. You shouldn't give a crap about sexuality. You shouldn't give a crap about gender, and you should be deeply suspicious of the people who do. What was perhaps more alarming than Professor Andrews' conduct in this email to me was uh, the administration's response. In a meeting held with the, with, an, with the administration, an administrator refused to call Professor Andrews' conduct inappropriate, choosing instead to say that the administration would have preferred that he had used different language. The administration accepted Professor Andrews' cheap explanation that by, quote, impose a steep and lasting price, he merely meant that marginalized students were to engage me in calm and peaceful discussion. The administration's response confirmed for me that conservative and libertarian students won't be protected from mistreatment as long as that mistreatment is delivered in the name of social justice. I want to be clear. Professor Andrews' conduct and the university's weak response is not acceptable. I will do everything in my power to ensure that every living conservative and libertarian Bucknellian and their wallets know that our university finds Professor Andrews' ugly public threat to be an acceptable form of conduct for our faculty. I have never met Professor Andrews. I've never sat in his classroom. Because of this, in a sense, Professor Andrews has become the monster he has spent his life hoping to destroy. As an African-American, Professor Andrews has probably faced a lifetime of discrimination. But this provides him no justification to pass a collective judgment on me and my peers based upon the political beliefs that we hold. And there you have it. That's the university, again, working against you. You know, I guess as long as you're getting degrees in the humanities, you know, when I went to college, there were the fluff courses, too. If you didn't know anything, you majored in psychology. Um, if you really didn't know anything... Uh, couldn't do that. You majored in education. And um, 
uh, you know, it's the old adage is those that can do and those that can't teach. Um, but I guess as long as these degrees are all in the humanities area rather than science uh, and uh, physics and uh, things like that, I guess they produce degrees that are basically worthless anyway. Um, so maybe no harm done there. Maybe no harm done like that. Um, last thing, uh, last piece I think here I'm going to play. This is another small clip about the diversity on campus in, in terms of campus life. So this should be fun too. It's appalling that in the 21st century there is still so little diversity on American college campuses. This cannot stand. It's not who we are. It's intolerable. It's time we demand a change. It's time to stage a protest, to storm the dean's office. We will not be ignored. Diversity is our strength. I'm not talking about diversity of skin color. Been there, done that. Today's campuses are more racially integrated than at any time in history. And I'm not talking about gender diversity. Women already make up the majority of college graduates. And if your concern is non-binary gender, there is no place on earth more accepting of hims, hers, zims, and zers than a college campus. I'm not even talking about sexual diversity. You can pretty much experiment with anyone you want, in any way you want, as long as you get a consent form signed and notarized in advance. No, the diversity I'm talking about is diversity of thought. Let me say it again in case you missed it. Diversity of thought. That's right. People expressing different points of view on an issue. At most colleges today, that's a dangerous, revolutionary idea if that different point of view is not on the left. The moment you enter college, you enter an indoctrination center. Remember orientation week? It starts there and never stops. They tell you to be open-minded, but they don't really mean it. Almost all your professors are on the left, nearly 12 to 1, left to right, according to a recent study by Econo Journal Watch. There are many departments at many colleges that don't have a single conservative voice. The administration invariably supports leftist positions. And all those diversity administrators, they depend for their livelihood, that means their paycheck, on creating victims. Diversity of race, or gender, or sexuality, or any of the other distinctions du jour that universities glorify are, at best, superficial, and at worst, just plain destructive. It's destructive to any real learning. If you don't study Shakespeare because he was a white male, you have been deprived of learning from the most brilliant playwright who ever lived. And it's destructive of a peaceful campus environment because it pits racial, ethnic and gender groups against one another. In other words, diversity, as practiced on your typical college campus, divides, not unites people. And diversity of thought, the free exchange of ideas, you know, what college is actually supposed to be about, not happening. If you've been in college for a few years, ask yourself this. When was the last time you heard a professor or a TA make the argument that capitalism has lifted more people out of poverty than any other economic system, or that socialism always leads to poverty, or that the post-World War II order created by America has been the freest and most prosperous time in human history, or that the cause of high crime rates in black communities has very little to do with historic racism. 
And God forbid if a conservative speaker should show up on campus and dare say any of these things. If the ideas of the people on the right have so little merit, why bother to protest? Shouldn't their bad ideas just die on their own? Isn't the purpose of a liberal education to expose students to differing points of view? Turns out that the liberal in liberal education means leftist. Here's how the University of California at Berkeley, the pinnacle of political correctness, describes itself. Our goal is to transform UC Berkeley into an equitable and inclusive academy of the highest caliber, one that fully honors the diversity of our students, faculty, and staff. Give me a break. Berkeley needs to be transformed. It's not diverse enough. After all these years of expanding equity and inclusion, bull crap. It positively reeks of sexist heteropatriarchy. Say that three times. I don't know what it means, but it sure sounds bad. Walk around the Berkeley campus, or almost any campus, and you'll see plenty of blacks, Hispanics, gays, lesbians, even a straight white guy or two. College is a place where they want everyone to look different, but think exactly the same. It's like a freaking cult. At some point, you have to stand up, separate yourself from the crowd, and say, enough. It's time to diversify thought on campus. It's time to demand a real education. God knows you're paying for it. Boy, oh boy, I couldn't have said that any better. I mean, so you're talking about diversity here. Uh, the powers that be really don't want diversity of thought. You're right, Jesse. Um, also, there's someone here on Facebook who's given a couple of good comments before. We're talking a little bit about health care, just throughout the fact that if we actually cut out a lot of the waste that we're doing, if we went and did some things with taxes, uh, maybe we can go ahead and do something uh, better in terms of health care for people. Now, I remember 10 years ago, there's no such thing as Obamacare. It didn't seem to me that the world was really falling apart. And the estimates then were about 15 to 18 million people would not have coverage. Uh, some other reports said as much as 40 million, but I don't think so. Most of the ones that I read through, and I read a bunch of them, were in and around that area, maybe 20 million. <clears throat> as it turns out, with Obamacare, you have about the same amount of people still that aren't uh, insured. Uh, maybe a different set of people, but it's, uh, that's what it is. Uh, Sonny, welcome, Sonny104. It's a pleasure to, to, uh, to see you watching me. <laughs> I was going to take a break, but now that you're here, I think I'll, I'll stick around a little bit. Um, <laughs> well, I don't know what else I can say about the universities. I mean, I can get on with this all the time, all the time. Um, but uh, And I will. I will as it goes on. Like I said, sometimes I feel like I'm boring people that are listening. Sometimes I might actually be doing that. Uh, but but I, there's certain things I think that do need to be repeated. And this is one of the things that you have to realize what is going on. And it's funny because they call it higher education. The only thing higher about higher education is probably the marijuana they smoke before class. Uh, but there's nothing high about it at all. It's actually low education. Uh, diversity of everything other than thought. Folks, um, I'm going to go ahead and take another quick break and then I'll come back. I have a couple of other things that I wanted to get to. I wanted to get to some of the media stuff that's gone on this week and my stupidity segment. Maybe we'll do the stupidity segment first. I'm not sure, but we'll, we'll see how that all works. Uh, so anyway, uh, I'll be back in a couple. <laughs> 